0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 69, and today joining us from Richmond, Virginia, is going to be Hannah Huseman. She is the, the Texas Rangers Mental Performance Coordinator. That's an interesting job, and we're going to hear all about that. But first, got to go to the big leagues, and behind you, you got Corey Seeger up there. It yeah. was in town, but Fan Fest was going on last week. Right, I, right. Hate, I hated missing that, but I sure. had my own issues with people coming in my room and
1: everything else. Oh my god, we got to talk about that. I know that's a. Crazy uh, we're also joined by Desmond Bain on this uh, basketball former the TCU, TCU great, great uh, NBA Memphis, player, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be an All Star, but he's pretty darn good. But anyway, yeah, uh, Fan we, Fest. We know everyone. We do. Yeah, we do. So uh, Fan Fest uh, was good. Uh, I think it was nice for. Uh, the general, the, the fans at large, right to uh, get get involved, uh, get back to the ballpark. Uh, you know they hadn't had this since 2020. Um, they had it right before COVID happened, and right you know then then 2021. I don't think they're going to have it because there's still the lingering COVID stuff. There's was a lockout I, I, too. I think they were going to try to have it in 2022, but like you said, the lockout and they couldn't have any contact with the players. So right. uh, had it had it this year, had it last weekend. It was great. Um, I I got there at nine. There was already a huge crowd waiting to waiting to get in there on the plaza, on the north side of the stadium. So, uh, Joel Perez, our producer, was there. Uh, got some videos that that are on the YouTube. They're on the channel YouTube channel. That are, hey, that are hit the subscribe good. button down there, guys. Uh, the the Degrom and uh, Heaney Evaldi, and the Evaldi video. The new, the news? A lot a lot of lot of views. It's a pretty pretty good one to see how they interact. But,
0: Absolutely, Chris Young. There's a long interview with Chris Young. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. in little it, pieces but he came out and talked about a lot of stuff that was cool
1: yeah no and you know and then we we had a chance to, to talk to chris young you know hit him with some questions that we hadn't had asked answer in a while talk to uh uh i'm trying to think of it how we did it in order i believe it was uh jacob Degrom, josh young mitch garver and Corey seager who's behind us uh, and
0: you said i look we we saw Corey all <laughs> last year Corey is a nice guy, but he's not very open and talking. But you you said he was fantastic.
1: Yeah, he was, like, super relaxed. Um, I think he feels like this team's
0: going to do something. Well,
1: I, I you know, and and I asked him about this. It's a pretty big deal when you're signing your first contract with this new team. You get ready to go to the new team. You have your introductory press conference, and six hours later, baseball gets shut down. So Ah, you, you don't get a chance to get to know the coaches right uh you don't get a chance to have a fan fest where you can get to meet some of the guys or come in for a workout and, and meet the some media? guys spring training was shorter yeah uh he yeah right meeting the meeting's is a deal I mean and and so um it's it I and and he he admitted later in the year that he that was a bigger deal than he thought it was gonna be and so I think now he's relaxed uh he had a you know he Corey seager he had a great off season you know yep. um he dropped the puck at the stars game and just you know he's getting I, I, involved he just seemed totally relaxed yeah you know and and so he, and yeah he he joked about not having to face jacob degrom anymore even though he had like a 355 average against degrom 14 at bats but he's like oh this guy killed me blah blah, blah. no oh, it's pretty it's was, it was, Pretty pretty much your your side there, uh, Corey. But um, so that was good to see. I'm not saying he's going to give us his life story every time we come up to talk to him, but no, I, th- I think I think he understands that he needs to be out there a little bit more. He's he's Corey Seager. He's Absolutely. the highest paid position player on the team. He Has the longest contract. He's the guy who they uh, one of the two guys they built the team around. Sure, the, the, on the on the lineup side, so. Um, that, that was, that was kind of nice to see. And, and also, uh, I guess we, I was going to talk about this later, but might as well bring it up now. Uh, also very relaxed on Friday was K- Kumar Rocker. Yes. I was, he was also wearing stars gear there mean Thursday, Thursday, whatever day it was. Yeah, I was out uh, there for that one. He was, he was really, uh, so much more relaxed than he had been, uh, on the, the conference call right after he was drafted, uh, and on, then on the that, zoom and then, and then right after he signed right uh you know i i kind of think that he was so ready to get started
0: a lot of questions were coming up that, about that shoulder yeah, and everything and he just wanted to get started he just wanted to get he wanted to go prove to everybody hey i'm ready and, to and now he's a
1: ball player again and i think that he has found a comfort zone in that um so anyway so did he look thinner to you like he had, i don't know he doesn't he's a he, tall i mean this he's is a big, big, big boy he, and i tell you who was almost as big as him was dustin harris yeah, Dustin's but, uh, a big boy too. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was one of my takeaways from Fan Fest, but uh you know, on the Chris Young side, um left field appears to be right now going to be decided by internal candidates first. Uh if they need to go get somebody, maybe they would get somebody, but so that opens the door for a bunch of guys. But one thing that Chris Young talked a lot about was Brad Miller, who did not have a good year. He was injured too, a little <laughs> well, bit. Well, that's just it. What what we didn't know is he got injured the day before camp broke, he hurt his hip. Uh, apparently a ground, he was playing third base at Milwaukee, um, which is in really? Mer- Maryville. And if you know anything about that ballpark, it's, it's or not that ballpark, but any Arizona spring training park, you can water down the infield for 45 minutes. It's and still going be, be to be dusty later. The ball took a, ho- a bad hop on him. and And we never really noticed it at the time, but apparently that was kind of the start of it. So, Long story short, he was hurt all year. He ended up on the deal twice in the second half. Uh, the Rangers say he's healthy, and they think he's going to be more like the player they signed or thought they had signed—the player who had a really nice 2021, who uh,
0: whose numbers in 2021 and that are better than what there is out there right now. Well,
1: again, he, he's going to he's going to hit right-handed pitching, and so right. if you can get get into a situation with with him as your left-handed hitting platoon member. And let's say Bubba Thompson, or Duran, sure, Durant? as your as your uh, right handed hitting component, it really limits the it, for Thompson especially. It, it limits his exposure to right handed pitching. Um, there are a lot of lefties in in the West, right? Uh, not as many as there used to be, but but still, it's it's uh, something that he's going to want. It's you know you got to put your players in the best spots, right? And and you know and listening further to it, it sounds like they want they might want bubba to be like a true fourth outfielder as well like if if leodi Tavares needs a day off or if he's in a slump they'll just stick bubba out there cuz he can field. play center field as well you know probably better than he plays left field right um so i i think i think i walked away from that thinking that they're done shopping uh and and that bubba's going to be on the team
0: I've said this over and over, and people still, there, there are people that have given up on the season because they didn't go sign the left fielder. Oh, Lord. And I'm like, give me a break. I'm like, guys, I'm telling you right now, this team, is. they're willing to spend money, and if the right deal was there, they would have spent the money. It's not there, and it's not, it's not prudent to go out and spend stupid money yeah if, the, if it's if the price for conforto was way more than you wanted to go don't go sign conforto yeah i'm sorry you're just not gonna go do it uh-huh. i'll tell you and another guy not to sleep on i think mark matthias might be a guy that well could sure see, sure see some time uh, out there
1: yeah i mean that's 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 kind of the name that you you know he came over after the trade deadline and it was really good yep uh you don't know what position he's gonna play he can play he can play the the infield corners he can probably play the outfield corners so He's, he's kind of lost there you can get lost but no you've brought that up a couple of readers have brought his name up um so it's going to be there, 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 there will candidates. be something there will be something to write yep. you know there will be a position battle there'll be two two guys from a pool of probably eight you know with, with all these uh right. non-roster signings you know you got uh, uh Clint Fraser the former uh, shoot, yes. fifth fifth overall pick i believe he was um, Who's hadn't had, a, had yeah. a
0: good big league season before?
1: He has in in a limited window. You know, right. you don't. You know, there are just some guys that it turns out you can't overexpose them. You know, right. and 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 uh, or or you do and it catches up to them. But so that's an interesting name. So you know, we'll we'll see how it all how it all turns out um, in left field. But worst if,
0: case scenario, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, there there are people who have questions with center field too with Leote, which you know, I don't I don't tend to have as much. No. But anyway, so if you have seven of your nine spots in the lineup that are pretty solid, they can they can cover up one or two. And and you know, keep in mind this Rangers offense was fifth in the AL last year only in runs scored. They didn't do great against elite teams, right. teams and that's their next step. But you know, I, I said seven of nine. There are there are two questions still, and I wrote about this at rangersday.com. Five ninety-nine a month, sixty dollars for the, the year, thirty-five for six months. Thirty-five will get you through the whole season. Whole season. Uh anyway, I, I wrote about the, uh Josh Young and Mitch Garver, who we also spoke to. Um, you know, ever since last season ended, those two guys have been considered fixtures in the lineup. Sure. You know, the Rangers did not go address either position. You know, nope. third base is for Josh Young to play. And, and Mitch Garver is gonna be a catcher or the designated hitter or you know both and place them first He can play him first too. so so I mean they the, the those two guys are considered the lineup upgrades and so they gotta they've got to produce otherwise the lineup is is what you got last year so I, I think that you know I don't know if there'll be pressure on those guys they've both done it before you know Garver uh who was very open about his injury uh, you know he talked about how he's gonna be a little nervous uh, he's curious to know how it's going to hold up so far. So good. Um, you know, he's throwing to 200 feet. He has made the, he's made the, the, the throws at, to the bases, not from behind the plate, but that distance and, and everything's at, at high intensity. Everything's been good. Young said that he's found a swing. Uh, he's back in his right mental approach. You know, he's been knocked on some of these uh, prospect rankings because he strayed so much last year from what he normally does. He sw- shoot. And, and, okay, let me get my number straight. In 99 AAA at-bats, he struck out 30 times and walked four times. In 98 big league at-bats, he struck out 39 times and walked four times. So that's just not Josh Young. That's not the hitter he was in college. Right, Coming right. up through the minors, it was just last year. He was selective. He was... Last year he pressed, and he, admit, he admitted that. He wanted to get to the major league so bad. And, you know, he started out so good at AAA... And then we all thought, oh, well, he's coming any day now he's coming. And the Rangers just kept him down there to test out the strength of the arm. And, and as that was happening, he was, he started trying to make more of an impression like, well, well, shit, I'm hitting 400. Maybe I need to hit 500. He he didn't say that, but it was along those lines. Right. Um, but we talked to him and you know, that guy is, is pretty dialed in on the mental side and, um, well, and and so we'll, we'll, you know, I'm going to ask Hannah about that. And somehow, I know she doesn't want to talk about specific players that are, nor should she, but, but um, anyway, Josh, Josh seems to have bought into the mental side of the, the game. And I think that, you know, that's for a young player, that's a big component. And I mean, he, he had pressure last year. Well, shit, he's a, he's a going to be the opening day third baseman, mm-hmm. which comes with pressure. He's a rookie of the year candidate, which might come with pressure, but he, he said, He's just going to embrace it. He's made up like a, uh, you know, all these, you know, he has these sayings and all kinds of things and a, I don't know, a vision board. I don't know if that's what, what he called it, you know, kind of goals yeah. of what he wants to do this year. And right. um, so he's in the right, right place, it seems like. So anyway. You know, FanFest is supposed to be a big happy time. You don't want you don't want a guy come in and say, Holy shit, I'm lost. I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm or all off right. Or Mitch Garber say, Oh God, my arm hurts like <laughs> hell right now. I don't think I can make it to the season. You no, know, they're all positive, all happy, all excited. And um but you uh, if, if the questions that needed to be answered, I thought were answered.
0: Yeah, and on Garver, I was—I went on last night with the Ranger Report podcast, you know, CJ yeah. and, and Ben, good guys. I'd give them a shout-out real quick. But I talked about Garver. They asked about Garver, and, I, and it's something that you can confirm with me on Garver. Garver is an added addition to this lineup that we've forgotten about, but he needed – he could have played all year in the role he was playing where he was not playing defense. But he said – in his mind he's a full better player when he's getting to play defense yeah it's just part yeah. of his mental makeup
1: no and he talked about he talked about that but he also had never had to be a full-time dh before right so he learned some tools of the trade you know it's not easy being a dh you know it's not easy to stay involved exactly um it, it, it it's not you know it, it it's tough yeah um he also and he also did say though that his arm his arm did hurt to swing um he he had changed his swing uh things that needed to be addressed this offseason that he's been working on so you know he could he could have continued to hit but he wanted to get it but he needed to get the surgery if he wanted to be a position player this year at the start and it appears he's going to be
0: right and that's what he wanted that's what i was kind of
1: alluding to sure in his
0: mind he's like look i want to i want to go with this thing full speed and ready to go next year and if that's the case i want to be ready to go now you know what's the point? do I need to be the d h yeah. and and i and and I think for his mental state he was ready to be the he wants yeah. to be a full player he yeah. wants to be able to play on the field and, and hit yeah. if necessary i think that was just, that was just what i was yeah. uh, saying on that but um anything else about fan fest
1: no well not really i mean it was just a good time but uh while while Joel and I were you know pounding the pavement there at the ballpark, you were in uh, Florida. <laughs> At a wedding, <laughs> at
0: a, my goddaughter got married. Yeah, sweet the, little uh, Morgan and 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 uh, her husband uh, Jason got married. Congratulations to them! But it was you
1: had a, you had an interesting thing happen at your hotel. Room. Weird things
0: always happen to me. I got another story I'll tell you this sometime too. Good. But
1: this is I, I called. T- I, I, I sent the I, you sent me the text and I sent it to my friends. They thought it was hilarious.
0: <laughs> so so Kathy and I are so we had this is Saturday.
1: Saturday.
0: Uh, The wedding's that evening, and we Uh have to take a bus at 4 o'clock to go to the wedding from the hotel. Yeah, okay. It's about noon. We're sitting around, um, and there's nothing to do. I was not dressed. I mean, you know, I'm in my hotel room. Kathy was just wearing a shirt and something, and so we're just kind of piddling around figure out what we're going to do. And uh, when we checked into the hotel, they told us, since you're staying for two nights, Unless you request it, we will not send someone to clean the room. Uh huh. And we thought, okay, yeah, that's sure. fine.
1: Yeah, that's typical these days. Yeah,
0: that's fine. So that that works. Well, someone started jiggling the door. Now I have nothing on. I'm just laying on the bed with the TV. And you I said, have something on. Nothing, please. I, please. Okay, let's just say I did. All right. For sake. And I said, is someone jiggling the door? And my wife goes, what? And I said, sounds like someone's trying to open the door. She gets up and walks over there, and uh, and she goes, it sounds like that and i said well you know why we didn't just say hello don't come in or whatever and i said well just tell them no so she was just going to open the door a little bit to tell them hey we don't need you and she opens the door and the door is pushed in and this old man walks in and says i got to use your bathroom and goes right past her into our restroom and she goes okay <laughs> 20 20 minutes oh my he was in there so I throw on my clothes and we're sitting on the bed and Kathy and I are just looking at each other like, what do we do? I mean, yeah. you know, and she, and she goes, well, when you got to go, you got to go. And I'm like, I, this is so weird. Yeah. And I'm like, what what, what? what? So he didn't make a noise for over 10 minutes. And I literally at one point I was like, do you think he died in there? <laughs> or he passed out. And she goes. I don't know i said do i go knock i don't want to scare him do i go knock on the door all of a sudden we hear the about 15 20 minutes in, we hear the toilet flush. And i said okay all right he's getting out he he walked out looked me in the eyes and i was standing up and his eyes got that big and then he saw kathy and he went am i in the wrong room oh my god <laughs> and i was like uh-huh you are and i said what room are you supposed to be in and he said i'm in room 435 I said, this is 335. Oh, my God. 335 is the room right off the bathroom. I mean, it was right off the elevator right there. So I guess he he had to go so bad that he paid no attention that that was not his wife that opened the door. And he scooted past. And you said, what what made it worse is we ran into him three more times, and he would not look at us. He would not even look up. And I'm a guy that if that had been me, and if I'd have accidentally done that total mess up, I'm the guy that if I'd have saw him, I'd have walked up to break the ice and go, hey, can I borrow your key? I got to go again. Yeah. You know, or yeah, something like true. that. He did not. I don't know if he told his wife. So we were like, we felt horrible. We were like, we don't. he didn't go to the wedding, thank God. He had uh, nothing to do with the wedding like that. But that was, was a story.
1: I would have called housekeeping at that point. To said, cut, hey, <laughs> you need to come up and fumigate this thing.
0: Well, Kathy started talking <laughs> about that. And I said, how bad is it? He did not leave a mess. He left a... He did leave an odor, but he did not leave a mess.
1: Good God.
0: John. Uh oh gosh. I know. That's it, unbelievable. It's just a crazy story. I got another funny one sometime, but we'll get that one next time. But let's go, uh let's go to Hannah. Let's get her in here right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She might we'll be get... able to help us after that.
0: <laughs> the mental part of it. All right. Hannah Houston. right after this, guys. We'll be right back. joining us right now from actually she's in richmond virginia at her in-laws house right now it is the mental performance coordinator for the texas rangers hannah huseman we've been waiting to get her on here since
1: kind of watching her work last year hannah what's going on
2: hey guys just hanging out excited to be here with you guys today
1: we're very glad that you you able to make time uh you know the the mental performance department uh with, with ben broody kind of leading leading the charge has really like been a huge story uh, dating to last spring. Um, how did this all come together? And when, what, why is this? Why now? Um, why? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's that's basically it. That's a good question.
2: Yeah. Um, good question. I think, well, first and foremost, mental performance has been around for quite some time. Um, maybe not officially, but probably in the last 10 to 15 years, there's really been some traction on hiring mental performance coaches who actually go get educated in this. I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, the mental aspects of the game have always been around, right? Imagery, routines, goals, all that good stuff. Um, but now you actually just have people who are going and getting an education in it, who can, um the way I describe it is speed up the process, right? Instead of guys having to be, you know, 10, 15 years into their careers to understand how to handle pressure, we can actually emulate some of that and provide strategies for them to figure it out really early on um, in their career so that hopefully they can have longer and more successful careers. But as far as the Rangers go, I believe we've had it for some time now Um, and it's kind of been rotating who's been in and out. Um, But this, this past, season Um, we kind of started from ground zero and started over and rebuilding it and recreating it so um, like you said Ben hired myself and David Franco as co-coordinators to build this thing from the ground up so we really spent the last year building relationships with the guys the players the staff um, front office everybody to try and 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 Build relationships, but also help create our definition of what is mental performance. And and like, there's a big difference between mental performance and mental health. That we can get into that if we want to. Um, but just really creating clarity around what it is and how it can help them, um, and and trying to open some of those doors for for the guys to utilize it and realize they don't just have to you know be born mentally tough or able to handle stress. That we can actually do stuff about it to help them um, be the best version of them.
1: Well, what is then the Rangers definition of mental performance?
2: Um, it's basically making sure you're focusing on the right thing at the right time. Um, to put it really simply, we just believe, you know, almost everything comes down to, you know, if you're playing really well, can you still lock it in? If you're playing poorly, do you still know what you need to be focused on? There's a lot of distractions. Um, you know, being the eye of the hurricane is a lot of the examples that mental performance coaches use. and And to us, it all comes down to. What are you able to focus on um, in the heat of the moment? And if you can do that, chances are you've got a, a pretty solid advantage over your component. Um, so, yeah.
1: It, I, you you think these guys, uh, you know, they've been the best at every, every level of their lives. They've been yeah. the best player, hitter, whatever. Yeah. And not just you know little league, high school, sure. college.
0: If they went to college, absolutely they yeah. were always and, one. And, of the and stars.
1: even in the minors, you know, I mean, yeah. you can't be a bum and, and get to the big leagues. So, mm-hmm. what changes? Does, does something change at the major leagues?
2: Why do they become bums when they get to the big leagues? <laughs> not necessarily, but <laughs> they might. They might. Jeff en- said that That's they might. You, they yeah. might oh, encounter
1: yeah. some di- some difficulties for the first time in their careers. I just uh, wonder if, 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 if is that the biggest obstacle that these guys face or is that more of a mental health question
2: no i mean i think i think right regardless of what level they're at they're facing pressures and and stressors and all of those things that you go through um but it, i mean at the big league it's just a bigger scale right it's just it's and the thing i say all the time it's same game stay stay true to you you know um but i i guess the pressure can get really high up there um you're scrutinized a lot more when you're up there maybe more so than you ever have been in your whole life um and and maybe it's just the platform that you're playing on. I, I don't I don't really think the game changes. I think maybe our perception of the game can change and and how much we let that affect us can potentially change when we get to the big leagues. Um, just because it's a whole nother level as far as outside noise, right? And and everything that could potentially impact you. But um one of the things I say all the time is I think the best parts of development and like young players growing up and, and going through struggle, whatever level it is, is experiencing failure before they get to that level, because mm-hmm. I, th- I think it can help equip you with a lot of the skills that you need before you get on the main stage. Right. That's um, and yeah. totally. And if you've never failed before you get to the big leagues, I'm almost like, oh, it's like almost too good <laughs> to be true. And you're, you're going to fail at the big league level because it's the obviously the best of the best. Yeah. Um, and so it's never a panic when they're failing at the at the lower levels. It's all learning, learning curves. And like if you figure out how you can handle this, then you can handle it in the big leagues. Um, yeah.
1: Are, are Are you finding that there's like a segment of players who are more, more open to it, like our, our younger guys um, more open to coming to you, uh, you guys and, and, and getting the help? are veterans more stubborn about it or is it reverse? I mean, is there a pattern that you have detected?
2: Honestly, not really. Um, I think it's such an individual thing, um, where, you know, some people want it when they're really young and some people don't. I, when I talk about this, I I usually compare it to just like some people really like working out and some people can't stand to work out. Some people really like eating healthy and some people really don't like eating healthy. Right. And some people really want to work on their mental performance and some people don't want to work on their mental performance. So it's not really like the older you get, the less you want it uh, or the younger you are, the more you want it. It's, it's, a lot of what you've faced in the past, I think, and, and don't get me wrong, some people like just from your pure upbringing are naturally really resilient, right? They've been mm-hmm. through a lot of hardship. Um, And so they have natural resiliency and, and high stress tolerances and pain tolerances and all of those things. Just like people handle injury differently, people handle all these things. Um, So I don't think there's really a pattern. It's just a matter of um, how much people are interested. in And that does change, right? That can change, yeah, right? Sure. Especially if maybe you've maybe you've been so good your whole life and then you get to the big leagues and the, for the first time ever, you're struggling mentally. And you've never really had to work on those tools because they've always just been subconscious, going, going, going. And so um, sometimes that happens where it's just things you've never really had to worry about. Like, I mean, I was a college athlete and like mm-hmm. ate McDonald's all the time and never needed it. Right. And never, never thought anything twice because it wasn't a thing. And then I graduate and get out of college and start working out on my own. And I'm like, Oh, you can't eat like this anymore. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it's more so one of those things where you didn't know you needed it at the time because maybe you really didn't. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I think I could actually work on this and be even better. Um, yeah. As, as you get older and build so, more awareness, I guess.
1: So uh, how do, how, how does the, the talk begin? Do you, does like that's the question i want to ask does somebody uh, like okay Listen oh, oh, this way here's a great example okay
0: i'm john moore i just signed a big deal to play with the texas rangers who initiates the contact what happens first as far as you and i get together do i do they suggest you to me and i go to you do you make contact how does this how does this initiate how do you get with a player and how does it go
2: Yeah. I mean, ideally it's, it's just like any other coaching scheme, right? Like you get like the hitter, hitting coaches is going to come get to know you and hear about what you do and how you do it and what makes you who you are. And then watch you for a little bit, observe and then make adjustments or suggest suggestions, if anything. And I think we're pretty similar to that. You know, it's, I, I think that's the difference between mental health and mental performance, right? Is mental performance is. Just like you're training all the physical skills, you're training you're you're training the mental skills too. So um it, it, you made already you might already have them, but maybe we can make them even better or make you even stronger or help you handle stress even better. So it's really just getting to know them um and meeting them where they're at. And obviously, some people utilize it more and some people don't utilize it more, just like other things, and um just meeting them where they're at and then creating helping just be a coach for them, but instead of Mainly on the physical side of what they're doing, it's it's on the mental side of what they're doing.
1: So you you don't wait for somebody to go into a two for fifty slump. You, you this is this is I mean, something that if, in a
2: perfect world, right? I think in a perfect world you're, you're proactive. Teaching, you're, you're right, exactly. That's what I was going to say. You're you're as proactive as you can with this because the goal is right to equip everybody with the tools they need before they need them. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't want to wait till the two for 55 to like, okay, now we're start talking, which sometimes <laughs> it happens, right? Maybe they've sure. had no exposure to mental performance in the past. And then it's like, well, that's, that might do it. That might get you in there and start the conversation. Um, but in a perfect world, yeah, we're, we're, we're proactive and and they have all the skills they need to go. We're constantly trying to work ourselves out of a job, right? Like we don't want them to need us to <laughs> handle things and emotional control and all that stuff. So um yeah, proactive is the ideal mental performance way of doing it.
1: So, like what are the tools do you you use is it uh yeah. conversation is it you give them reading material do you play uh, almost like games but i mean are there what what things can you do
2: <laughs> yeah, all the above um okay. all, all the above um and there's so there's this is how I think about it there's mental performance um skills right, which is like confidence, composure. Concentration or focus, motivation, resiliency, enjoyment, love of the game, all of those things, right? Those are, those are what we're trying to achieve. And then the mental performance strategies, right? So you have the skills and then the strategies is like, okay, how do we actually achieve them? Like we, we know confidence impacts our performance. So what can I do to enhance my confidence or work on my confidence? Or what can I do to handle stress or to manage my emotions better and all that? And so I think that's the nitty gritty, um, is, is helping them not just realize what um, their strengths and weaknesses are, but also uh, giving them tools to actually work through that. Um, and and that I mean that looks very different, right? It could be playing a game. It could be a mindfulness. It could be talking, just talking it out, and and get and creating more awareness around what their thoughts and emotions actually are. Um, it, it looks different. And I think that's the best part of our job is th- we, we know there's no cookie cutter way. Like, hey, mm-hmm. eat this magic cookie and you'll be really confident. Right. Yeah. Or or do this exercise and you'll stay really calm no matter what happens. It's like <laughs> what what fires me up might make you really sad. Right. Or vice versa. Yeah. Like I was the player who if a coach came and yelled at me and cussed me out, like I'd play the best game of my life that day. Right. Yeah. But then I had my friend who was bawling in the corner. Right. Which <laughs> is which is OK. And it's just it's such a human human connection. And a huge part is not only knowing who the player is, but who the person wearing the uniform is. Um Because once we can help you figure out who you are, then we're going to have a whole lot better chance of helping you be the best you can be on the field. Um So figuring that out is kind of the fun part. It doesn't look the same. And, and I think that's where it separates from the textbook. Like, right, the textbook says, you know, if you stand in the mirror and power pose, you'll be really confident. And maybe sometimes that works and maybe somebody doesn't. And they're like, this isn't work. This isn't working for me. And it's like, <laughs> cool, let's find something that does. And sometimes yeah. it's making up the craziest things. And I mean, I, like sometimes I'm like, I don't even know where we came up with this, but if it's working, that's all that matters. And sure. and you can't put that in a box. And I think sometimes that's really hard to explain when it comes to mental performance, because there is no cookie cutter way of doing it. And and if there is, you're doing it wrong. I would argue you're doing it wrong because we're not, we can't all do things the same.
1: Do, do you watch Ted Lasso?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm assuming you might get this, you know, last season with with the with, uh, they would get, you know, Ted would go in and lay on the couch. That's not what is happening. Right? That's I think that might be where you were talking about earlier, mental health versus mental performance. Right. Is that is that yeah. a common misconception? Yeah.
2: yeah, I think I think that's it's probably even a misconception to some extent on the mental health side, too. Right. But just to clarify, like the way I talk about it is you have mental think of mental performance and mental health on a spectrum. Right on, on a spectrum where mental health you have your like clinical anxiety, your clinical depression, ADHD, uh-huh. all the way even to suicidality, right? That that's your mental health. And then mental performance is kind of those skills we were talking about. It's more on field, right? It's confidence, composure, focus, stress management, emotional control, all of those things. And and they're all on a spectrum because you know, if one's affected, it could be caused by the other one or it could lead to the other one. Right. If maybe you just get really anxious before a game and it starts as nerves and then it can turn into really, really worse. And then all of a sudden somebody doesn't want to get out of bed in the morning because they're so anxious. Right. That's that's a clinical issue. Yeah. It's no longer just a performance based issue. So. Right. Okay. Um, but we don't have a couch. There's not I mean, there's a couch, <laughs> but you can sit on it like it's not really <laughs> you're not coming lay. It's just really different. Right. And I think a big piece and mental health has gotten a lot of um TV time and news time and podcast time over the last few years especially sure. since covid and i right. think it's amazing and i think it c- helped creates awareness around mental health and mental performance but they are two very very different things like i am not a psychologist i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a therapist or a counselor i'm a coach and and that focuses on the mental side of the game and so it's it looks very similar to other coaching right so what you would imagine like the hitting coaches are always in the cages. The pitching coaches are always in the bullpen. Like we're always around, right. We're hanging in the food room We're we're kind of mixing and mingling into everything because the mental side of the game affects all things, right. Whether you're rehab, eating, working out, hitting, pitching, like it's so cool. And it's so unique. Um, how it really does kind of just mingle into all the different entities of the game.
1: Yeah. I, I, um, we, we see you yeah that's i guess where doing I your it. job i mean i you know last spring when we went before the big before the lockout ended I, I remember you um you know it was right after josh young had had a surgery you were new to the job and it just you know he he that's a guy who's dialed in i think to his listening to him talk he seems yeah. pretty dialed into it but i'm sure he was going through tough times but you got to get to know these guys and um well, I always you know, can't do. You can't do it in an office, yeah. especially on <laughs> a baseball team, all the moving parts.
0: Well, I noticed her. Like, we see her when you go, there's batting practice before, before every yeah. game, and we're down there around the dugout. And Hannah's around with all the ball players everywhere. I mean, she yeah. might be out in right field shagging balls. And yeah. then I see her playing catch, and I'm like, and then that's when I asked you, I said, who is that? And you go, that's the, <laughs> the mental performance specialist. I was like, wow. And they just, I mean, you're mixing it up with the dudes out there.
2: Trying. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a huge part, right? Is like being in their world, right? If we just kind of post up in an office, like, yeah, you'll get some players coming in there, of course, but I think you want to get out there, be where they are. And again, a a huge part is connecting with the human. And so building that relationship where they're most comfortable, which happens to be on a baseball field. So it just... It's perks that I played softball, so I can actually uh not horrible when it comes to shagging and throwing and all that stuff.
0: But, <laughs> that's what I was uh, noticing. i was like, she's better than me. Look at her. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, well, that's a that's a perk. Um uh, but yeah, meeting them where they're at. And it, it doesn't again, it, it's it can it's just like coaching, right? It's just the yeah. only thing I'm not doing is wearing a uniform. But my co-partner, uh, Franco wears a uniform. So I mean, if you saw him out there, you probably wouldn't even realize he was a mental performance coach. He's we're just out there being other coaches. We just have a very different focus than all the other coaches, which I would even argue most other coaches are thinking about the mental game too. And so even working with them on, you know, if you're working on something or or a new skill or acquisition for a player, like being able to work with them to support them too. Um, it can, can be really awesome because we're, we're also constantly trying to bridge the gap between like, you don't just have to practice mental performance in a classroom, you know, or in, in, in the, in the meeting, in the office, whatever, but like get on the field, implement it. Like, so much of it is actually doing, like when you're actually performing, and so putting you in that environment to practice those skills, obviously, is what's going to transfer over the best. So, yeah, and Yep, I'd, you'll see me on the field.
1: And like, and like, you know, Ted Lasso, the rooms, mm-hmm. the the walls are confining. It's not their world, and you, I mean, you mentioned it, and yeah, it, I mean, I think the biggest thing is being comfortable, you know, sure. And, 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 you know, like uh, I've been on the beat since 2008. And the example I always give is Nelson Cruz, who got DFA'd uh, out of spring training. Nobody claimed him. He went went to AAA, was the Babe Ruth of the Pacific Coast League. And then he came up and the Rangers just said, Nelson, this is your job. You have nothing to worry about. You're going to play every day. And Don't that, care if you that, go 0 for 15. And that was the light. And it just, it just you know, it, it clicks for a lot of people that way, but every person's different. It's just, here's what I heard. That, but the confidence thing, he just needed the confidence of hearing that.
0: Well, it's like, uh uh what's his name? Lee Trevino
1: uh-huh.
0: talked about one time. Everybody talks about being able to make that short putt, which Hannah did, by the way. Y'all see that picture behind there where she played with one ball the whole time that she played <laughs> one round. But he said when he used to, grew up in Oak Cliff, Texas, yeah, and they used to play $5 bets when he didn't have a dollar to his name. He <laughs> said, you want to talk about pressure. Pressure in trying to sink a putt. For a million dollars at a tournament pressure's tr- 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 trying to sink a putt that you're gonna win five or you're gonna lose five dollars and you don't have a dollar in your pocket because yeah. that's pressure so
1: <laughs> yeah no it's 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 really fascinating and then this um, is
0: your job is we've had people request to us to talk to you about your job and I was like that's cool I thought I might be the only nerd that was really <laughs> interested in what Hannah does I thought that was
1: cool well I just think it talks about how far baseball's come too I mean you know uh when tom grieve first got the job you know he, he his gm job he he'll tell you he had one pro scout yeah you know and and there was one trainer and now it's it's the game's evolved where players have what they need at their disposal and i think and chris young i think is pretty instrumental in this correct me if i'm wrong but yeah you know, i think his player perspective has really helped being a player what helps. you do and help this department move forward
2: No, absolutely. I I think you nailed it, right? The game is evolving. And and I think we're realizing there's more and more things that we can actually do something about, right? Whether it's mental performance or analytics, like there's just proof and evidence and science backing this. And it's actually something you can do something about. And so why would you not use those and take advantage of that? And I think like maybe 26 out of 30 teams now have mental performance coaches on staff, like minimum of one. Um, And some have teams up to seven or eight actually on staff. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty well, the, amazing. The middle though.
1: aspect of this game is important. Well, you, you came from yeah. the Phillies. Yeah. So how are the Rangers doing?
2: What do you, like in comparison?
1: Yeah. Have like they from a mental I
2: performance mean, standpoint?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're I know, you, I know on you're, on you're not going to crap we're, on your we're own we're job. We're building
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we, there, but would, there you, there say, would
1: you say things, things, were things, things were
2: behind? Sorry, what'd you say?
1: Would you say that the Rangers, when you came into this job, were a little bit behind?
2: they had people here. So I wouldn't say behind, I'd say the teams who don't have anybody hired full-time are the ones who are behind. Um, okay. And even some of them, they do contracted work. So I think they've, they've been wanting to do it and just trying to find the right fits for the Rangers, because I do think it takes certain personnel that fits with different teams, right? What are the goals yeah. of this team? What, what's the org and like what fits best. And so like, not everybody's the same cup of tea, right? That works for everybody. So um, I think finding the right fit, but they no, they've had, mental performance, I want to say for seven, eight, 10 years. Um, so this isn't, I wouldn't say they were behind. Uh, well, in any
1: I apologize to everybody who I'm, <laughs> no, who I'm, over, okay. who I'm overlooking. You did it. You did a great job. I just didn't know about it. <laughs> no,
0: hey, yeah, you, okay. Let me ask you this. Do they ever send you out, uh, maybe to some minor league kid in, in a certain area where you'll take off and say, hey, we want you to go talk to this kid or, or, you know, you need to, and, and do you ever do that? I mean, we see you at the big league level. So are you working throughout the system?
2: Yeah, so I last year I worked predominantly in the big leagues triple A and double A. Um, and then Franco also like basically covered the rest of the minor leagues in AA and double A and triple A also. So um, we actually just got approval. We're working on hiring a third, which we're really excited, um, to hopefully hold down the Ford at the Arizona complex, um, and, uh, and cool. have a couple trips to the N- Dominican, but Franco speaks Spanish. He's awesome. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of two people covering all, all from top to bottom. So it was exciting. And like I said, just building relationships all year long. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's where I was last year.
1: Awesome. So you mentioned the you mentioned the softball you played at uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. How were or, what did you do and and, and how were the mocks back then?
2: Yeah, where'd you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Nashville. Uh Um, my parents still live in Nashville, so I get to visit pretty often. Um, and then yes, went to, I actually went to Chattanooga to play basketball. Fun fact about me that not a lot of people know. That answers
0: a question I had. What other sports did you play? So
2: yeah, basketball and softball were my main two played basketball my freshman year lots of stuff happened. And I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to be doing. So thought about either transferring or and going and playing basketball somewhere else. But the softball coach at UTC had also recruited me along the way. And so I really liked my friends and the classes I was in. And so I went and talked to him and was like, can I come join you guys? He was like, heck yeah, come on. But I was in basketball (laughs) shape, not softball shape, which is two very different types of shape. You were in cardiovascular shape for this and softball. We needed to max out on squats every single day. So, um, worked on about a year gaining my strength back and then played my last two seasons there. And I played center field, um, for the most part, and then some first base when our first baseman got hurt. So it was a good time.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and we won. We won our conference my senior year. Also. is that the
1: Southern Conference? Which conference?
2: Yep, yeah, Southern. Uh, okay. Yeah, Southern Conference. Okay.
1: And yep. you dated the quarterback.
2: I did. Yep. Ended up marrying him. Couldn't get him. I was him about away to say. Him, yeah. Nice. <laughs> you know,
1: I uh I went to I went to uh, Chattanooga on a little family vacation last year. Oh yeah, you're the expert at Chattanooga. And, yeah, I'm a real expert. It's <laughs> awesome. I, 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 I know I, it's
2: it's kind of a hidden gym. Anybody who comes to Chattanooga says the same thing. So, yeah, yeah we've no, we, we loved
1: it. Kathy wants to retire to Chattanooga. I mean, it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. There's a lot to do. There's there's history, mountains,
2: mountains yep. fishing, lots of water. Yep. Hiking, um, all that good stuff.
1: The, um, well, where were we going? We went to Nick and Norman's.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Nick and Norman's is solid. That was no, that was good. Go. There's and, pretty good
2: uh, food there. A lot of good yeah. breweries and pubs. It's it's it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. That's that's yeah. what I love. Yeah, and that uh, area
1: we were north of town. I guess you go across the, uh, you cross over the bridge, and there's that little park, and it was great. We we, yeah. we, we want to go back. It was fantastic. Coolidge,
2: you were at Coolidge Park.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, we it was great. It was yeah. great. We yeah. loved yeah. it. Yeah.
2: No, we yeah. love it too, for sure. Yeah, it was. It's yeah, and and
1: it's not far from Knoxville. It's not far from Nashville. It's we actually went to it. We actually went to a Braves game. We we drove down to a Braves game and saw Wash and uh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty ding. It's, it I I like it's spiffy. It's a nice town.
0: Yeah. So when you go to college, what were you studying? I mean, I, did you know what? right away you wanted to do this, or what were you doing?
2: not a clue. Um I studied <laughs> exercise science in my undergrad, so I actually thought I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach for a long time. I knew I knew I wanted to stay in sports to some capacity, sure. like been yeah. in sports my whole life. Didn't know I thought I was going to be a head coach. At one point I thought I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach at one point. And then my senior year, I took an elective course in sports psychology and was like, and my mom is actually a clinical psychologist. Huh. Um and so I was like she's kind of always pushed the the psych side and I was like, "Mom, I just can't work with Jen pop. Like I got to work with athletes. Like that's just who I am. And like, all my friends are athletes, my brother, and now my husband. Like, it's just like, I just can't, I love Jen pop, but I just need to be around. Like, I
1: like like Jen pop. That's my, that's going to be my new go-to.
2: I'm going to that. I'm
1: stealing that Hannah.
2: Yep. Um, I used to, I used to say little
1: people, but I'm going to go with Jen pop. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So I took a sports side class and fell in love with it. And then I found out you could get your masters in it and I went to UT Knoxville, got my masters in it. And then I actually had my first baseball internship was with the Pittsburgh Pirates right out of grad school. Right, yeah. I heard I saw that. Yeah. All
0: right. And and that's, that's, yeah. that's so cool. Uh, so um so what do you let me ask you this. I'm gonna ask her some of these Yeah, points. go ahead. So what, what do you do in your spare time when you're not doing now now your husband's a coach too, right? He's a football coach. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's a college football coach. So it's usually watching football games or playing with my two golden retrievers. Um,
0: I got two golden retrievers. They're no great. Way. A lot of vacuuming. God <laughs> yeah, almighty. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What are Hannah, names? I feel it.
0: When we see Hannah, she's going to high-five me about, I got the greatest vacuum cleaner if you don't, or you got to tell me which one you're using. There's we more hair two. than you can ever see.
2: I know. I know. Having Ours a, are oh. honey Honey and whiskey, are their names. Ooh, that's a Ours great
1: combination.
0: Cooper and Mindy. So,
1: there yeah. You go. Well, uh, uh, uh you'll like this, since our, our, our off-camera conversation about Marriott points, I actually used Marriott points to buy a vacuum cleaner. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a Hoover it, something, or th- this, I don't know what it was, but it was 150,000 Marriott points back when... Back when i was swimming <laughs> in marriott points
0: well i had to uh, google a vacuum cleaner for for dogs yeah and this one we got i don't even know what it's called but you can see how much hair you can go over spot and just see all the hair that comes oh, out we, uh, it's bad. It's oh so bad. it's so bad i love them though they're the greatest dogs oh yeah yeah, no.
1: If you
2: well. don't vacuum three times a week, you're toast.
1: <laughs> no, you are. It's bad. It really is. it's really bad. We have two non shedders and one shedder, so we're we're okay. That's not but bad. Other <laughs> three dogs having, is
2: a lot though. Two. Oh a my lot.
1: god, it's a lot. Oh, two, oh good lord.
0: <laughs> uh, so cramp. so spare time you do that. What about food? What's your favorite type of food you like to eat? McDonald's. You Mexican. already said it. Oh, no, Mexican. oh
2: no, that was college. I shouldn't
0: said that. Um, Tex Mex here in like like Tex Mex or just good Mexican food or
2: um I honestly love like Americanized Mexican food because that's what I grew up on. But I love yeah. some good Tex Mex. So do you
1: have a do you have a place in Surprise where you go to get Mexican food? I know I know it was a short spring last year, but maybe you found
2: one. Yeah, we went to some place I cannot remember what it's called. It was it was okay. I, I'm not. I, I, even if I knew the name, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Oh. Um, there is a place. Um. Shoot, I can't remember what it's called. It's right behind that um State forty eight. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I went there for once a, one day. Yeah. There's a big Mexican place right behind there, and it's actually that one's pretty good. That's what I'd recommend.
1: Okay. Uh I can't
2: remember the name of it.
0: Jeff has lived at, in Arizona for fifteen years, so yeah, he know, drove me around. Like a, he was about. like an Uber driver to me when I was there last spring. <laughs> he knew where to go. He's taking back
2: Not roads in, and in surprise?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. He knows all of them. When we see you, he'll no, well, he'll you tell you where one. to go.
1: Yeah, I can I can get you around surprise. I'm I'm pretty strong in the West Valley. If we get if we get east east of 101 though, I'm in trouble.
0: <laughs> so, let me ask you this. So, uh, what's your what's your favorite home-cooked meal? Do you cook it? The husband, does he get out there and grill? I mean, what's your favorite home-cooked meal you have?
2: Yeah, we I think we're, we're pretty split on cooking um but when I was at home for 2020 for the whole year, he started cooking and grilling and now he's a grill master. So, I'm going to have to Ooh. say his Infamous steak dinner wrapped in bacon, asparagus, and twice baked potatoes. Oh my! God. That and is some red wine.
0: That's a home. Now I'd do a beer not, instead of red wine. No, but I'll, I'll
1: tell you this: Virginia is a good, a good wine state where she is go. now. My wife likes we wine. Went to, I'm a beer uh, drinker. We so to, I like the, the, the wine. I went to went to Charlottesville.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's the best home cooked meal. So good.
1: <laughs> yeah, we went to Charlottesville. Me and the wife. Uh, I, it was oh cool. It was uh, honestly, I think it was the weekend that they hired Chris Woodward, and uh, we we did a um, a wine tour around Charlottesville, and it's it was good. And we had a guy driving us around, and we did it responsibly. Uh, but it was a <laughs> she, I'll have to she, check it out. She <laughs> did like a you know I guess there was some by state wine by state, and Virginia was like five or six. Did she wandered. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she's a wine drinker.
0: <laughs> all right, last one. Got a good question to get you out of here. This is something we ask all the players, and okay. we've got some great answers on this one. we got Jack Leiter, His So the question is, what's something that nobody knows about Hannah Huseman? And now, like, Jack Leiter can't stand peanut butter. I don't know if you knew that. That's a big deal. He can't stand peanut butter. That's
1: a mental health thing.
0: That's a mental health thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of the other ones we had? Uh uh, Chris Young is a he is into the uh, true crime true crime documentaries. Um, we had uh, we've had a bunch. We Davis got,
1: Wenzel lost a finger when he was four, but they were able to yep, sew it back. Blaine on. Krim
0: used to take batting what? practice naked when he was five. That's right, when he was five years old. John Daniels, you knew John Daniels. He yeah. has he has airplane underwear that he, wear, he takes two pair of underwear that he always wears on the fl- flight wherever he's going, and there's a pair saved for when he's coming home. And he said, I'm still here. It always works. That's and right so, now. I mean. that. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: now, Han- Hannah already gave something that we didn't know, that she went to college on a basketball scholarship. Okay. That's pretty gonna, solid, but, but, we, but you need another. you got to come up with another. What is
0: something that nobody knows about Hannah Huseman? Hmm.
2: I'm a pretty open book, to be honest, but and I don't know. Let me think. But while I'm thinking on one, I think that I did gymnastics for nine years when I was younger. I was actually a competitive gymnast,
0: but wow. I got too tall. What level? <laughs> you got too tall. Level ten. Did you get to ten? Level, level six. Level six. My son got to level six. He did that for men. Oh, there you go. For the yeah, men part of go. it. Let me tell you what. That is not a practice twice a week thing. That is a you I don't practice know. five every, to
2: eight every day.
0: Absolutely, it's crazy. My, those yeah. girls. Well,
2: they were like, "You're getting a little tall," and then my mom goes, "You can um, either be a gymnast or you can play all the other sports." And I was like, ah, "I'm going to choose all the other sports."
0: <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it. I mean, you need yeah. to play all the other sports. Well,
2: anything yeah. else? before we let her go?
1: No, but again, I mean, thanks for coming on. This was really, this yeah. is great. We that, tried to hook know, this
0: up a couple weeks ago. She yeah. was having to fly out she to, had to go to
1: Arizona to talk to some yep. minor leaguers. So. But she
0: was anxious. I really appreciated Hannah. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to see you out at spring training. Jeff will be out there a lot more than us, but we'll be out there from March 8th through the 14th.
1: 13th, I thought. I'm
0: 13th good. or whatever. But we'll come find you. We'll see you run around. I'll be there. And of course, I'll be there we'll see there you at Valentine's all the games today. this year. Yeah. yeah. Sounds so. good. I'll be there. Awesome. All right. That's Hannah Houston the mental. Performance Performance specialist for the Texas coordinator.
1: Coordinator, there we go, John. (laughs)
0: Coordinator, I'll never get that right. She's just the one that does all the mental stuff.
1: She's going to give you. She'll give you some tips. That's right. She's going to help me to remember that. Hannah,
0: thank you so much for coming on.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, we'll see
0: you around. thank you to Hannah for joining us. Took time out with her family. She's there with yeah. her to yeah. stop down. That's pretty cool. I, I
1: feel pretty bad about it, but man, she's uh, that was great. She's sharp. Yeah, you know, um, I, you know, when when we kind of, I, I love talking to the players. Sure. You know? Oh, absolutely. But when we bring in somebody who's kind of on the closer under, to what we are under than... behind the scenes, like right. when we had Kip Fag on last year after the draft. Yeah, he's obviously out there a little bit more than Hannah, but uh, man, that was that was. Great! I answered a lot of my questions that I, I hadn't asked. I, you know, I was going to write about it last year, and it just never got around to it. I mean, it's a fascinating, fascinating story that that needs to be told. And I know other guys have told it; uh, other beat writers have told it. So, go, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to do it this spring. I've, I've got I've got a lot of time on my in Arizona, right? Um, but I want to talk to the players and be like, you know, is it weird? You know, how do you break the eyes? Uh, kind of like we did with her, right? And uh, anyway. Well, yeah.
0: you know, and this is another way you've brought this up before. When, when there's different ways to spend money with an ownership, right? Um, building the complex they built out there for the players, sure. and then investing money. I mean, these are full time position jobs yeah. for mental health, yeah, and not mental health. I mean, we're not. It's not mental for performance? mental performance. I, it right. is not mental health.
1: And, yeah, she can't write prescriptions. Yeah, she's, yeah, no
0: she doesn't have them on a couch <laughs> asking. You know, well, did your dad beat you as a kid or something? He didn't do anything uh-huh. like that. She yeah. is mental performance and dealing with stress and that's what you're you're wanting to get through there. Yeah. We had listeners that were fascinated with this and they really and wanted to be. know yeah. and I hope that that you guys enjoyed that but yeah. I uh, enjoyed it. I, I did too. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. But now we got to go down on the bus leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why that. we got Aaron Zavala up there behind you. Yeah. We got to talk to all the leadership guys right uh that were that were out there that was thur- last Thursday. It's Thursday now. You guys are dealing with snow and so are we. Uh but not but, snow, just ice. Just ice and it's yeah. melting. Yeah, you know what snow is being Damn from Colorado. Right yeah. Um, but it was good. Those guys were relaxed. Yeah. All of them came up to us and were yeah. coming out. They loved it. It said hello. They they talked about being on the show. So yeah. uh yeah. I feel really good. They they they, they
1: Well, uh, of the eleven, I think the only one who hadn't been on the show was Kamar Rocker. Right. And he's and I said to him, Hey man, you need to come on our podcast. He goes, Hey, I know I've I've seen it. I've seen it and he smiled yep. he didn't say I've seen it yep. he said I've seen it so yeah. I don't know let's see what we can do but you know it, it's it and I've we you know we say this a lot but the Rangers draft talent but they draft character and and these guys are all high character guys or some of them who
0: every who've got, one of them were nice yeah
1: and they some of them they've gotten married they felt at ease talking to us yep. uh, Zavala is up because we asked him about his injury there's a video on it on our YouTube channel yep. Uh, basically, he is almost he is, ready to go. Well, he's throwing, which is but interesting. that surprised me that he was yeah, throwing. Well, he's throwing. He's hasn't swung yet, and you know, in my in that my mind, they're like too. they're like, well, he's going to come back and, and hit first. All right, you'd figure he'd he'd return to hitting first, but I guess the throwing program is longer. But you know, he had the surgery in early February, and it's not the full blown Tommy John. It's they put a band in there, so the recovery time is, is, is sooner. But I mean, he's two months out. He's throwing, you know, and and Tommy, Tommy, this the big Tommy John. It is not two months. So. Wait, a minute, he
0: didn't have it in February.
1: No, he had it in November. 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 okay, you
0: said he had it in February. I'm like this oh, I'm about is February.
1: I meant to say November. Early November. November. Okay, so
0: it's just been a, yeah, it's been it was it's right been after two the off season started. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Well, it, he got hurt in the fall league, and so he had the surgery in early November, uh, and and then uh, he said he started throwing a couple weeks ago last week. So you've, you, you pin man. that down to early January. Yeah. That kind of surprised me. He's going to start swinging a bat at the end of February. Uh, look, I mean, I think this guy, uh, has a chance to make his major league debut this year. Uh, another
0: left field candidate.
1: Sure. Um, I, I think that, you know, he, he's not on the 40 man. Dustin Harris is, yep. uh, Dustin was there. Uh, his, his wrist is fine. Um, yep. So that's, that's good news. Um, you know, when you look at the Rangers' depth in the outfield, and I'm, I'm going to write about this uh, at rangerstoday.com for 5 99 a month, $60 a year, $35 for six months. Absolutely. You know, you, Evan Carter is is one of their, if not the top prospect. He's a center fielder. Right. You have Harris and you have uh, Zavala, who are uh, pretty advanced guys who are a left and right fielder. Right. Uh, you have Anthony Gutierrez, uh, the the – starved their their class last year their international class last year who tore up the dominican summer league came to arizona and was hot but kind of kind of petered off a little bit but um they're so high on him yes and he's a he's a top 10 prospect um so anyway um there there's some outfield talent there but there's some that's really close to the major leagues and um Anyway, you know Gutierrez wasn't there, but the other three were. So, yep, uh, good, good, uh, just a good group. And um, you know, some of them will be in in major league camp. Uh, Carter is a non roster invitee. Yep. Harris is on the forty. Uh, John Ornelas was there. He's on the forty. Lighter and Rocker not on the forty, but they're non roster invites. So, right. um Fosu also not on the forty. He was there, non roster invite. So, right. Good group. We'll see a lot of them, uh, and they're close, man. No, oh, it, 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 it it was nice to
0: talk to him, and they are close in the depth that's there. Um, You know, we're not even talking about Harris as much when they're talking about the list of names right now that they're trotting out there. I mean, yeah. what if Harris comes into spring training and just kills the ball? I mean, look, he's on the 40 already. I mean, yeah. that's, that's somebody that could displace somebody. This guy is highly thought of. I mean, he has really yeah. emerged power-wise.
1: I think, yeah, I think it would put him on the map for later in the season. I don't know that he would make the team – Um. I mean, strange things happen at yep. the you know, Ranger spring training, but um, yeah, you know, and and, and he, it's not that he had a bad year. He didn't have the great year that he had in twenty twenty one, and he was injured. Um, but uh, I lot, asked him if he was, was a like, lot of talent there.
0: Kind of basically, at the end of the year, he probably could have come back, but yeah, just precautionary. They were like, just go right. ahead and
1: yeah. Just, I mean, should, I'm sure he wanted to play in the postseason, all that right. stuff. Right?
0: And they just they were more cautious with him yeah. because what do they think? He's a guy. He's, yeah. a guy. He's a dude.
1: And, and you know, and and. If they just do a stopgap this year, and and they don't think the platoon works out, or or Bubba Thompson, or Ezekiel Duran, or Josh Smith doesn't emerge as an as an everyday guy, then maybe Dustin Harris or Aaron Zavala next year does get the chance. You know, it, and we say it a lot. You've got to have these prospects who are who are significant contributors to help help the payroll. It's know? got to, yeah. And and I know you can look at the say all right martin perez may not come back next year that's 19 million dollars saved andrew heaney may not come back that's 12 and a half saved well there's there's 31 million to go get you a nice left fielder or, right you know but uh, you know it, you, you got to have some some these low-cost guys who can who can produce and be very good players um so that you can still have money to go get a closer or you know, extend one of the young guys, you yeah. know, uh, put that money toward a, an Adolis Garcia extension or something, just, just an example. But right. um, anyway, you know, you have a farm system t- to supplement your big league roster or to trade them to supplement your big league roster. But I think that they really want these guys to be big leaguers with them.
0: You know, I, I'm, I started my top 20 countdown. Um, and I've already gotten the, the first one. I haven't sent it to you yet. So okay. you, you guys know I do it five at a time. <laughs> And going through there. And, I, and, and I'm doing predictions of where I think they're going to start the season at. And actually, we talked about it last night when I was telling you I was on the other one. I, I'm looking at I, – I, I think we all thought after the signings that they had at the starting position, uh, at starting pitcher, that, you know, Dane Dunning, I thought he might get moved, Otto, somebody. Nobody's been moved <laughs> yeah. going into this. I'm starting to think that, that Leiter is going to end up at Frisco again. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm thinking, look, I mean, you're going to have Dunning, Otto. You've got Zach Kent's already been a AAA. Cody Bradford. I mean, there's a rotation. Cole Wynn. in triple-A. Yeah. I mean, um, it would not surprise me to see Rocker and Leiter in double-A uh, to start the season.
1: Yeah, you know, I think from high-A, High A, double-A, uh, AA, and triple-A, the Rangers might have more pitching depth than any organization. It's crazy. Um, you're, I Bratt mean, gonna you, you bring in up Indiana a high. good point. Um, you know, I I wouldn't close the door on on Otto or Dunning as a reliever. Uh, prob- well, prob- I would say too. I would say Otto more so than Dunning. Yeah, um, but
0: he does set up for that pretty well.
1: When, you know, Cole Wynn, Zach Kent are going to be in Rotation. AAA. Right. Um, uh, you know, one probably one of Dunning or Otto, maybe both. But and they may, you know, in in the good news in, in AAA is you have six man rotations. Right. uh early, early in the season, you may see guys piggyback. Yeah. Um. Just because they have they have so many starters who probably are ready for double A, but there probably isn't a true spot for them in the rotation. Right. So so you know you may see a uh, Zach Kent, Cody Bradford piggyback system just to start the season until they're a little more stretched out. Um. And and then you know by the end of April, who knows the big league team might need a starter for a couple weeks, and and it just kind of will. It usually works itself out. Sure, you know, and uh, you know,
0: very rarely do you
1: use your five
0: starting road man rotation. Do you use five starters in a season? It's yeah, very. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's there. There's going to be seven to ten starters probably used throughout the year at the yeah, major league level. And the,
1: and the 2011 Rangers are one of the few exceptions in baseball that have had their five man rotation go through the season without anyone in, going anyone. on the DL.
0: And it it's not even really being injured as much as. You know, we need to skip a start, give this guy his arm a rest. I think that's the
1: case this year. He tweaked his
0: ankle a little bit. And, you know, this is a good cause to just let him get the ankle back going to Grom or something like that and bring someone up. And, like I said, this is always great. You want to see a guy come up to make a spot start, go six scoreless, then he gets one more start. Maybe he goes five and two thirds, gives up one or two runs, looks fantastic. That's a great issue to have. When you got a minor leaguer coming up looking like he's ready and you're like, sorry, you got to go back down, that's fantastic to have that kind of depth.
1: Well, you kind of you know if you go through like kind of some postseason history, like those those Braves teams that were so good would always end up with uh, their kick ass prospects in the bullpen in the postseason. Yep. You know, Oswaldo um, Perez, who who actually just died, I believe. Um, that's an example. You know, Steve Avery. I know he he pitched as a starter, but. Um, he was a young guy who came up and performed for for that team. David
0: Need did that with the Braves before you he know, went over are, to the Rockies. There are
1: there are guys uh who, who find themselves in that position. And, you know, of course, you know, the Rangers are talking postseason and I know that seems like a stretch. I mean, a sixty eight win team, are you gonna win twenty two more games? Uh I guess Tom Verducci the other day on MLB Network said that um, you know, there there's like the last fifteen postseasons, I don't remember the number Thirteen or fourteen last postseasons uh, have had okay. Let's say it's 15, 14 teams that were below five hundred the year before have made the postseason. And he said the Rangers are the team to to look for that to happen this year. You know, hey, the maybe, Mets last year. I mean, maybe year maybe it does. And, uh, you, you never know. They have they have in theory the pitching right, and and since we're talking about the bus league, they have the quality minor league depth that can help out when it when somebody is injured. Right.
0: And they've got quality minor league position players that are on the cusp. Sure. Uh, Look, Evan Carter goes into, he's probably going to start double A. I mean, that's where we all figure he's going (laughs) to start as a 21 year old. He's going to go to double. He's 20. 20. That's right. I keep forgetting how young he is. He's
1: married. That that adds a year maybe. I don't know. It does. He's probably had a
0: couple, (laughs) but let's say he goes into double A and is just killing the ball gets up to AAA, and you're struggling or, or anything, scuffling anything in left field, mm-hmm. I, I Bruce Bochy just doesn't seem like a guy that's not going to go, give me the guy that's hitting. Yeah. I want the guy that can come up here and hit. Um, so these guys are there to do it. What is it? Uh, it Keith Law just did his top 100. Or done, yeah,
1: Keith Law did his uh, MLB Pipeline, did theirs last week. Keith Law did his uh, he Monday did. or Tuesday. He
0: said the, or, the Rangers organization was 7th. Uh-huh. Of all baseball, but he said they have young Latin and draft players that are coming up that could easily turn them into a top three by yeah. the end of this season, which yeah. is fair. He said they've only got and the reason he said that they've only got one guy in their top thirty prospects who's likely to graduate this year for sure, and that's Josh Young. Sure, um, you know because Dur- Duran and Smith are off the top thirty. Yeah, they graduated. Yeah, yeah.
1: you um, kind of you kind of think of them as prospects, though. Right, you know, exactly. They're not established. Right. Yeah. So,
0: so but anyway. Um, top to bottom, you have to be, I think spring training, when we're out there, I think it's going to be packed like FanFest was. I think there's a lot of people fired up to go out because it is a time if you look, if you're planning a vacation, this is a time where you can actually get about as close as you can get to these players and watch them throw and hit and do things on those backfields as you'll ever see. I mean, you go to any stadium, you're going to be back in the stands, but you can get.
1: I mean, even at the the spring ballparks, they're tiny. You're right. You're right up on them. Exactly. You know? So I mean, it's not like you're, uh, you know, in the third deck in right field. You're you're, you're right there. Hey, so. there's
0: a there's a the batting cages there. You can walk over and stand outside the batting cages, literally against the fence, and watch your favorite players take batting practice five feet from you yeah. right there you yeah. can just go over and watch i mean if you if you're planning a trip and, and we're going to be out there for for our time but i want to see some of these fans that you've got to be fired up
1: yeah i and i think the the turnout at fan fest uh i think there were seven thousand people a lot they sold forty five hundred tickets in advance yep so i mean that's a that's a pretty good little number for uh for <laughs> for late fest. january yeah.
0: Anything else for? We do need to. Announce. We do have one more
1: thing, but uh, no uh, on this. But like I said uh, earlier, myself and Joel Perez, our producer, uh, videographer, was, was, was out there at FanFest too. And so uh, John's going to say, hey, next time we'll see you at the yard, but you got to stay around because we have yeah. some highlights from FanFest. Hey, Fest. the
0: next, yeah, next time, guys, uh, for next week, we will see you at the yard, but stick around. Here's some fun Fan Fest stuff and some good audio and our video for you guys to watch. But thanks for sticking around with us and until we do our next show, see you at the yard. Here's the Fan Fest stuff.
1: I, I just think the pitching depth that they've acquired throughout the off season is really going to put them into surefire contention, especially for one of those wild card spots. Right, and the Rangers. I know they scored like the fifth most runs in the American League, and we were lacking some major league starting pitching. And what did we do in the off season? We signed that. Right. So I think it was beneficial to the Rangers for organization and the future. And I'm excited for for the for the team, and hopefully. Great the playoffs for sure. Favorite Ranger, current, past, or present?
0: I'd say Adrian Beltre. He's
1: my favorite. Gotta go with Nolan Ryan. He's the best.
0: One of the reason I play baseball is because of Pudge Rodriguez. Favorite Ranger of all time? Currently,
2: I say Adolis Garcia. Oh, uh, Pudge.
1: Michael Young. Michael Young. My favorite Ranger of all time, uh, Rafael Palmero.
2: Roxo Media House.